Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL. Uh, what does BSTL stand for? It stands for Building Something That Lasts. I hope that you're well. It is, of course, another Monday evening at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if I haven't said so recently, let me just say this. Thank you all for your continued support of our podcast. We continue to grow and move um, around this planet, and it would seem as though you are enjoying uh, these conversations that we're having here that are hopefully challenging uh, you as much as they are challenging me to grow and develop and maintain not just the status quo, but maybe a different way of doing leadership that will be a blessing to whatever organization that you belong to. Uh, so it's a long weekend here, and so it's Monday, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course, but it's also Easter Monday, and I hope that this uh, podcast this evening uh, will help you to break the monotony of the day, especially for you that are going a little bit crazy staying at home because you're normally at work or traveling from work at this time. I, I just hope that this is a blessing to you all. So we want to continue on this conversation. Last week, we talked about convenience, or not convenience, progress over notoriety. But this week, we want to talk about progress over convenience. Progress over convenience. So by now, you've heard me talk um, about my son a few times. I'm going to throw him in this conversation one more time. Uh, he is a Lego guy, and he just had a um, birthday. He just turned 10. Um, a few days ago, so happy uh, belated um, birthday, Eric. But um, this is a guy that he lives and breathes Lego. And so uh, his grandma bought him a Lego motorcycle, and it was 670-something pieces worth of Lego, and he has finally finished it. Um, and it's really, really nice, by the way. Um, but it was one of his toughest assignments yet. Not just because of the amount of pieces, um, you know, but tough because it's something that he hasn't built before. He's done cars, he's done um, other images, I think he's even done some houses. I mean, he's done a bunch of different things with this Lego thing. But this one was a little bit more challenging because now that he's 10, um, the age group um, that is... Uh, designated for this particular style of Lego, it's it was not easy for him at all. And the truth is, this has all been a buildup, um, starting from when he was about three years of age all the way up until now. So as he's gotten older, the level of difficulty on the Lego projects that he has has continued to grow and develop and build. So this particular motorcycle one, it was great. And, you know... Uh, Unlike some of the other ones that he's done in the past, as he's been going through this one, um, now that it's completed, he did come and show it to me as a process or the progress of it, um, because I think this one really challenged him. And of course, I love Lego, um, because I think that it, it kind of builds um, the mind. Um, I think our young boys, uh, they learn a little bit differently. So this is something that I think will get his brain going, but his hands going. And maybe this will also be uh, the gate um, for him to maybe get into engineering or something mechanical later on in life. 
Um, but no matter how challenging these Legos have been, the reality is um, they've got this process, right? So they've got this process that they use. There's a book um, that shows you all the different pieces, and every single time you add another piece to the Lego overall structure, you've got to kind of like flip the page and then add a little bit more. And so through this Lego thing, truth be told, I have had a better uh, appreciation for the importance of process, right? And process to me is maybe just another way of saying systems. I think systems are important. And I know that systems are not for everyone, right? There are some of us who we will fight against every system, even if it is to our benefit, even if it helps us to grow, and even if it forces us to get things done, not every single person likes systems. But I'm going to say um, in our conversation today that I think that um, progress um, over our own personal conveniences um, is going to help most of us long term. So let me just kind of get into it now. You know, from my perspective as one who has been leading for a long time, like a long, long time, one of the things that I have discovered is that when you uh, are leading people, you have to have a plan. And you have to have a blueprint. And let me just also say this, because I know that there are some of you that will say, I don't lead with a blueprint or with a plan, and we're doing just fine. All right, great. Um, I celebrate you, and I'm happy that you're able to do that. But for most of us, we need to be able to see where we're going. You know, step one all the way through to step 100. And the process is there not to tie our hands as leaders, right? So we're, we're talking a little bit about the art and science behind leadership. Um, the process is important because it allows people to have a framework for how it is that you are able to go from one step to the, the other or even from one process to the next process. The systems are important because it allows you to see how different people plug into an overall system. Like the reality is not everybody is a leader. And when I say not everybody's a leader, I'm talking about in a formalized setting, right? So like you've got a manager, you've got a VP, you've got a team lead, you've got somebody who's an acting supervisor and the list goes on, right? There are lots of different layers behind this. But then there's also like this intersectionality between departments where one department is responsible for one thing and another department is responsible for another thing. And the reality is, is that every now and then as both departments may be working towards or on something, there is this kind of intersectionality that happens um, that now creates a little bit of tension and sometimes a little bit of chaos. And so when two worlds kind of bump into one another as people are trying to make sense of where do I fit in the overall picture, the process helps us to mitigate and to adjust to some of the challenges that will develop no matter how um, good you are at executing. Uh, after a while, these processes help to create systems to allow people to see how do we move from point A to point B. But not only is process important over convenience, process is important because it allows people to see that you're not just um, shooting from the hip, right? So you do have some A-type personalities. You do have some individuals that they follow the bouncing ball. They fo follow the letters. They follow the bullet points. 
those people are important because they will always hold you accountable for whatever it is that you're doing. But then you also have other individuals that you will lead that are not necessarily following anything at all. And they're just like, tell me what you want me to do. And then when I'm done, I'll come back and I'll ask you, what do you want next? And you will have a meld of both of these worlds that are coming together simultaneously. So you're not just going to set up your leadership structure based on individuals that see things and do things the way that you do it. You have to create systems that allow those that don't need to come back and check in so frequently to see where you are in the process. But then you also have to create um, a system or a process that allows those that are a little bit more charismatic, a little bit more free will to say, all right, here we are. And so there's this is where we're going to plug into the overall process. The other thing is, is that when you are moving through process and not just doing things out of convenience, you're also helping to hold yourself accountable. Now, let me explain this part a little bit more. So one of the things we all know is that no matter how much you love people, no matter what system you work in, no matter how you lead, you are going to find individuals that will naturally gravitate towards your leadership style, right? I've heard some people say, oh, that was the best manager I ever had because they gave me full autonomy uh, to do whatever I wanted to do. And even if I messed up, they just said, hey, let's just start again and whatever. Uh, But then you also had some individuals that said, I loved the manager that I used to have as well because he or she, they showed me, they told me exactly what it is that they needed from me and I was able to function based on that. So the reality is this, you will always have multiple styles of of leading that works for whomever it leads, whoever it works for, I should say. But the other challenge to this is that when you are leading based on convenience and not necessarily using a structure, when you leave that assignment, whatever that assignment may be, whether you are promoted to do something else or you move on to another organization, when you leave, you run the risk of collapsing everything because the reality is without you there understanding how all of these nuts and bolts come together, then somebody is left to kind of make sense of how did they get from point A to point B? There are no notes. There are no meeting minutes. There are no structures that are there. And so therefore, where do I start? And so here's the thing. We've all been guilty of saying, look, I work very well with him and or her. And you kind of tuck these individuals under your armpits and you work closely with them and they love working with you because they're working with you. Um, But the truth is there are times that you've said to them, yes, go ahead and do something because of their close proximity to you and the relationship that you have with them. And of course, maybe you've developed a certain measure of trust uh, with these individuals. And so you haven't really had to pull them in so much. But then there's somebody else that comes along that asks the exact same question, desiring to do the exact same thing that you've now given a yes to him or her, but now you're saying no to them. And it's not necessarily no because it's a real no, but it's no because you don't necessarily have the same relationship with that individual. And can I just tell you, even if you're not aware of this or not as a leader, when you say yes, yes to certain individuals for certain things, there are other people that are on your team that may not be as close in proximity to you that are looking and seeing how you are dealing with them versus how you are dealing with us. 
And this is also part of this whole journey, right? So this process that will move us into a specific di direction, hopefully it will also eliminate some of the favoritism that um, is perceived perhaps and or really real. Um, because we don't want individuals to be thinking that if I become your friend, somehow I, I have the capacity and the ability to get more favors and be able to do some additional things without the checks and balances. No, no, no. What we're trying to do is create a system through process that allows for us to give the answer of yes and or no and or maybe to every single person the same kind of way. And I know that there's somebody that's saying, but Andre, that's not reasonable, right? There are some people that you can't work with that way because they're not as close and you've got to keep them in your in your pocket or over your shoulder. Uh, no, I, I don't actually agree with that because one of the things that I've discovered is somebody can be working really hard that you may not necessarily have a great relationship and they are getting the same, if not better results than the other person that's closer to you. And the reality is, is that, yes, you may be enjoying the friendship, the camaraderie, uh, the collegiality, and all of the, that other stuff. But at the end of the day, remember, as a leader, you're creating an environment that is going to outlive you. Not because you're dying, but you're creating a system that ultimately creates the culture to which everyone is accountable to. So long term, this thing that I'm talking about today around process, it's intended to create an environment where there is a measure of fair and justice to the best of your ability, right? Because here's what happens. Uh, to the person that may not be as close to you, when you keep telling them no because what they're saying to you is unreasonable based on their proximity and their relationship to you, you're actually putting out the coals of excitement and autonomy that that person has within themselves, right? So when they come to you, they may not necessarily want to go out and have drinks with you. They may not want to go out to the restaurant and hang out with you, but it doesn't mean that they're less committed to the overall organization or moving this thing called uh, the marketplace forward. Yeah, no, they're all into that stuff, but they may be at a different stage of their life. They may have a family that's very young. They may have parents that are aging. And so therefore, what you perceive as them being standoff, no, they've, they've set some uh, priorities that are important to them in, in their lives. And look, People are allowed to, to make the organization last or second last on their list of things to do as long as they are doing what they have to do. So we have to be careful that not because we don't connect with individuals in a certain kind of way that we put them in a box and assume that they are not as sold out about the overall organization just because they don't want to hang out with us as leaders. They have a right to work eight hours and after they've worked their eight hours, they are allowed to not have to do um, overtime. They are allowed to not have to take their lunches and breaks and coffee breaks with you. They don't have to be on your text messenger they don't have to go to the, you know, the Beyonce concert with you. They don't have to do any of the above. And yet that could be your star employee that is going to move the organization further and farther than you would have ever imagined. So this process that we're trying to put into place, it also holds us as leaders accountable. And can I tell you, I have been um, there before. I have done it and I have experienced it, that if you are not careful about how you lead, 
you can snuff out the brightest and the best talents in your organization because you're so fixated on creating these relationships that make you happy and um, make you feel a sense of pride because people will keep saying, oh, there goes Andre, he's the greatest ever or he's the worst ever. So you, you, you become so uh, caught up on what people have to say that you forget that the process is the thing that drives the organization and ultimately becomes a part of the culture to which you are working in and developing and sustaining over a long period of time. So that's right. Yes, part of this is us desiring to, to tackle um, you know, this cultural piece. And, you know, recently I was talking to uh, a friend of mine. We were just talking about the iceberg uh, concept in principle, that what you see on the top when you have, you know, a thriving place. You know, I, I think about Microsoft and I think about Apple and I think about, you know, Tesla and some of these other businesses. I mean, there's tons out there, right? We look and we see fancy computers and fancy cars and hotels going up all the way around the world. But what we don't see is on the bottom of all of that, what we see as success is a whole lot of systems and people that are maintaining what needs to happen regardless of what's happening around them. Like you've you've got to have a system. That's why cars have manuals. That's why Legos have these table of contents uh, that take you through from the starting piece to the ending piece. No, you, you've got to have all of these processes in place because that is the science of leadership. But once the processes have been um, accepted and embraced, even if not all of them are loved, then after a while there will be an art that will come out of the science. And long term, you will create an environment where people are clear as to what it is that you need them to do. And they will do it willingly and they will give you their best as long as you are consistent. So if you are a leader that is struggling with process, sit down with some A-type people. And again, it's not that we're only trying to um, connect and make systems based on one particular personality type, but no, you've still got to sit down with people and explain to them. Uh, and sometimes, you know, one of the things that I've discovered is that by sitting down and talking with others about the direction that you have in mind, you, you actually have the capacity to create something that's even better because you may lay things out in a certain kind of way, but because the individuals that are working with you that you are supporting have a much more frontline perspective on what it is that you're trying to do, they can actually show you a better way to implement the process that may not look like what you've had in mind. And this is why a while back ago we talked about meetings and coming to meetings, and I never go to a meeting with a blank piece of paper, right? I, I absolutely don't. And I know that there are some who never go to a meeting with anything and they wait for the conversation to mold what it is that they're going to do or what direction they're going to go in. I don't have the luxury of that. My brain doesn't work that way. So I'm always going to go to any meeting and every meeting with a piece of paper with some jotted notes and some ideas. And here's the thing, if during this meeting, um, based on the feedback and the pushback and the endorsement of those that I'm working with, it looks as though this thing, you know, how I want to do it and how I hope to implement it, their idea sounds like and seems like as a process that it'll be better than what I'm thinking of, I scrap what I have. 
but I'm not going to go there without anything because I run the risk of having a long meeting where by the time we're finished with that meeting, nobody's actually clear on A, why did we meet? And B, how are we going to implement this thing that we're not clear on doing? So maybe today all I want to do is encourage you and encourage myself to don't give up on the process. Don't give up on systems. Don't give up on using structure to mold and meld how you will lead and how ultimately you will direct your um, your, your colleagues, the individuals that are accountable to you as you are accountable to them. Do them a favor. Create a process that at least becomes the starting point. And once you've created the process, leave some additional room for people to move some things and shuffle some things, but you do wanna create an environment where everyone is valued regardless of whether or not they are close to you or not. But you also wanna make sure that you're creating this world where there's a sense of justice so people will give you the best of what they have so that they can continue to move the organization forward but also create a culture that will outlast your lead. My name is Andre. I'm both host and founder of this. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And if you want us to have a broader conversation about this, feel free to send me an email, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. And thank you so much for joining us again. And I hope that this conversation about process over convenience will help us to understand that the shorter cut is not always the best direction. But process, if you trust the process, even in moments where it may seem a little bit muddled and murky, what you will find is long term, you're going to create something that is going to be fantastic. Because remember, what we're doing here is we're building something that lasts. Take care. Until next time, my name is Andre.